0: Brett, how's it going this week?
1: Good, Ange, how are you?
0: Good. So that means it's another episode of Money in the Bank, the podcast where we talk about all things related to personal finance and more. So there's no trivia question this week.
1: I win! All right. Because 2019, here I come.
0: We messed up. Oh yeah. So actually, and I actually want to say thank you to our listeners because we've gotten several corrections coming in and we're only human so we make mistakes and we don't say things that are completely correct, right? Um, So, three corrections, like I said. The first one is when we were talking about IRAs, we said that they were tax-free. Can you catch the error there? I lied, it is a trivia question.
1: Uh, Oh, good, thanks. Now we have three trivia questions. It's not tax-free, right? Nothing's like Uh, tax-free. On the traditional IRA, you'd pay taxes when you pull the money out. And on a Roth IRA, you pay the taxes when the money goes in.
0: Exactly. So So we should have said tax-deferred instead of tax-free. So on the Roth, it's not tax-deferred because you pay the taxes up front. And then it's tax-free growth in the future. But then on a traditional, it's tax-deferred because you pay the taxes later. Um, the second one was when we were talking about limits for 401ks and IRAs, we mentioned them as being $18,000 for 401ks and $5,500 for IRAs. And of course, er, that's for 2018 numbers. So it's a little bit confusing. $19,000 for 401ks for 2019. But the, the issue there was we didn't specify if you're a married couple, what that is and really it doubles because those are individual contributions amount so if you're an individual that's kind of the amount that you can contribute but if you're a married couple you can both contribute that much so it would really be like thirty eight thousand dollars in 2019 for 401ks and eleven thousand dollars for right. IRA. it's
1: still everybody gets their own right it's just if you're married then Correct. you could just multiply that by two right it's just you know it's 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 not and then there's no synergy there right Yep. Uh, you're not getting more because you're married. You just put two people's money together and there you go.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But just wanted to clear up any confusion. So if, you know, a married couple is planning their finances and they were like, oh, Angie said I can only do, you know, fifty five hundred for an IRA for both me and my wife, that's incorrect. You can actually do fifty five hundred for both you and your wife. So that would be eleven thousand dollars. Cool. And the third one is probably kind of the most confusing, but it involves interest or yeah student loan interest and how that comes into play with your taxes so we incorrectly spoke and say that you have two thousand dollars of student loan interest that you paid in 2018 and the standard deduction for a single person is going to be twelve thousand dollars we said that since two thousand dollars is less than twelve thousand dollars you should just take the standard deduction and not worry about your student loan interest but in actuality the student loan interest can be deducted before the standard deduction. So you can deduct $14,000 instead of twelve.
1: Right. So it's basically additional, right? Correct. Yeah. Right? So it's just standard deduction and I get to count my student loan stuff no matter what, right?
0: Yes, because you make the adjustment on the front end to your gross income.
1: Okay. Is that true of a mortgage as well or is that special to student loan? And
0: I don't want to misspeak again.
1: <laughs> I'm getting you into so, trouble. All right, perfect. Um,
0: I believe it is specific to student loan interest, but I would encourage everybody to look at the forms themselves or follow, like Turbo, if you use TurboTax or H&R Block, this is all built into their software, which we talked about pretty extensively um, on our last podcast about it. And if you fill out the, if you go to the form on the website, it'll lay that out pretty clearly for you because and the reason i'm cautious and i don't want to misspeak is i know um, property taxes have changed in the last you know decade how those are handled so the tax law can change from year to year so it's actually really good to just kind of download those forms and walk through it or use TurboTax. They always update for the latest rules and everything.
1: Cool. Okay.
0: Or of course, if you go to your local CPA, uh, they are trained for this and they know a lot more than I do. So. <laughs> um, all right. So sorry again about those corrections, but you know, we all make mistakes. So at least we're setting the records to records straight, right? Perfect. All right. So are you ready to jump into this week's episode?
1: All right. As long as there's no more trivia.
0: Hopefully not. So um, our last episode was 10 ways to save money and I started thinking about it and I was like we left off this we left off that and that episode was already like 40 minutes long which was kind of like long for us
1: I like to drag those out right
0: yeah well we love talking about saving money so much that I figured let's just do 10 more ways to save money
1: okay so we're we're cranking it to 20 all right yeah
0: cranking it to 20 so by the end of this two-parter that we determined it would be y'all are just going to be saving money till you're blue in the face right that's great um okay, the first one, this is actually a personal experience that I had recently. I needed a prescription for something and I was like, well where should you know, we just moved to a new city and the office, the doctor's office I was at was like, "Well, where do you want your prescription sent?" And I was like, "I don't know, like where should I go?" And I was like, so I didn't know. So they just wrote me a prescription that I could take and drop off at any pharmacy, right? Cuz usually they'll send it in for you so i got home and i was like googling pharmacies near me and i was like there's a ton like how do i even pick and and so then i just googled like the specific prescription i needed and
1: like the particular medicine that were prescribing exactly
0: yep i googled the medicine and i was like pharmacies near me or whatever and google popped up with this like grid and it was like at publix it's this price at walmart it's this price at cvs it's that price and it was wildly different like at one of them it was like 26 dollars, and at another one it was like 50 dollars, oh, right wow, okay. and like they're all literally within like two miles of where i live so it's not like it mattered which one i went to and then furthermore from that website it was like oh and you do you want to go to like goodrx.com is what it was called which sounds like a scam <laughs> website but it was actually legit i didn't get a virus and on there i could actually print off a prescription card and with that, it literally took the price. So I ended up going to the Publix across the street, and it took the price from, like, $40 to $17. Oh, wow. And so then I checked free, this. Free
1: coupon, right? Free like coupon. You just click it and download it. I just it. had to click
0: it and download it and then give it to the pharmacy and then when I went there. And then that virus. Yeah, and then get that virus on my computer. <laughs> no big deal. Um, but the cool thing was, when I got the card, it re-showed, like... With the discount at the pharmacy, this is the new price. Because, like, originally it was, like, way cheaper for me to go to, like, Walmart, let's say. But then with the coupon, like, the Publix pharmacy had the best price with this coupon, right? Mm -hmm. So, it, but it saved me, between the two prescriptions I needed, it saved me $85, which is significant. So, I, I played around with some other common you know, prescriptions or drugs that I know of off the top of my head. And I was finding consistently like prices going from like $100 to 25 Like it was not uncommon for that to happen. So 100%, like you should, if you are getting prescriptions, you should one, shop around and two, see if there's a card that would work for you. Right.
1: Do, do not default your prescriptions to your favorite pharmacy for the sake of it. Right. That's, right. That's not helping you in any way right so just like with everything shop around a little bit
0: um and another thing you can do and i know it was super common when we lived in michigan that i heard people talking about it is actually ordering their prescriptions from canada because they were so much cheaper even though they were being shipped here so if you like google this you can find all sorts of crazy you know ways to save money but if nothing else like I literally just downloaded a card, printed it off, gave it to the pharmacist, and I walked out of there saving $85. So that mm-hmm. was pretty sweet. Um, all right, moving on to number two. Buy, so we talked about groceries on the last one, and we were like, yeah, you know, go to farmer's markets and all this stuff. We didn't talk about our favorite way to save money, buy in bulk.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Like, right? we're huge fans of that.
1: Yeah, um, we buy nuts in bulk, we buy seeds in bulk uh like beans and and like pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds and peanuts and like all kinds of like Oats. things things that stay good and have long shelf lives yeah yeah we'll buy like almost 50 pounds at a time with some of those some of those things not all of those things yeah uh, things we rice. Go through a lot yeah rice is another thing to buy in bulk
0: um we've saved and we bought a whole pig which <laughs> we've talked about before i think mm-hmm. so But even down to, like, toilet paper and paper towel, like, I know when you're standing in the store, it's like, oh, I can just get a four-pack of toilet paper, and it's only this much. But if you buy that, like, 72-pack from Sam's Club, it literally lasts you forever, and the per-roll price is so much cheaper.
1: Right. And we're not saying, like, get a Sam's Club membership or a Costco membership, and, like, that's going to just, like, automatically check this box for you of, like, bulk buying saves you money. Uh, The majority of things that we buy in bulk don't come from those stores. Uh, only like utility goods, like, like things that you would stuff into like your pantry or paper towel or a uh, bathroom closet is what we buy. So toilet paper, paper towels, paper plates, a lot of the time, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, th- that's, that's really anything that's like food, good related. Uh, usually Costco doesn't have the best price in some of those categories.
0: Right. And the secondary thing I want to say there about a Costco or Sam's Club membership is, you can actually share them. Like most of the accounts, when you get them, you can set up two people on them, so you can, you know, get in on it with your parents or siblings or friends, and kind of each get a membership for half price. Which then it makes it a lot more economical. Because even for us, like just buying paper towel, towel and toilet paper, it wouldn't justify the cost of an annual membership if we weren't sharing it and splitting the cost. Which mm. is like a very viable, easy thing to do because. You don't need, like, two people in your family to have the card. One of you is probably perfectly acceptable. So, um, all right, number three, DIY stuff. Um, Now, this can be as far as, like, doing your own stuff around the house. Like, we've installed a kitchen sink or a kitchen faucet before. But it can also apply to, like, things that you might want to buy or, like, things that you're like, oh, that's a good idea. So, one example that I had recently is we were at the farmer's market and they had all of these dips set out. And one, the dips were expensive, and it was like, buy this spice mix, basically, and then dump in, like, sour cream, right? Well, you could just make your own spice mix.
1: Right, you probably already have all of those spices in your cabinet anyway. Like, it was, like, garlic and herb, and I was like, okay, that's, like, garlic and, like, parsley and, like, thyme, right? Right. (laughs) Or oregano.
0: Yeah, and then at the same stand, they had these, like, dip cooler holders, and it was literally like a plastic container in another plastic container, like a larger one. So you could put ice in the first one and then put the smaller one on top. And I was like, I could just do that with two bowls. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> um, when, sometimes when you see stuff like that, you're like, oh, that's such a good idea. But like, take a step back and be like, can I already solve this problem with tools I have in my own space?
1: Right. Things may look appear convenient on the surface, but... Now, where do you put that? In your kitchen, right? That's another thing. And then you're not going to use it that often. So eventually you're going to be like, oh, here's this thing that I got that was a good idea. But, you know, I've only used it once in five years that I've had it.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. So number four, we've touched on this a little bit before, but travel hacking is a super viable way to get places, right? Like you can open a credit card and get enough points to pay for your next, you know, air airfare. So um, that, that can be a viable option for people. Or just in general, when you're traveling, don't just, like, go to a travel agent and be like, you know, book me a trip to Disney. Like, look at it yourself and be like, is there somewhere I can stay that might not be, like, on property but close to Disney and is, like, half the price? And, you know, do I really want to go to Disney seven out of seven days or do I want to go there, like, three out of seven days and – do other stuff those four days, like mm-hmm. mini mini golf or something, right? Um, and, you know, we've kind of traveled around the world even, and so, like, it can be kind of hard to be like, well, where should I stay? But when you start, like, Googling hotels, you can quickly see, like, oh, this is where hotels are concentrated, and, you know, this is a cool area. But I know when we went to Berlin, we saved a lot of money by being in a slightly different part of town that was in a different neighborhood than where, you know, a lot of the touristy stuff was, like Checkpoint Charlie. But we actually saved a ton of money, and we were in a cool neighborhood with really good restaurants. So that was like a 10 out of 10 right. uh, decision. And they,
1: maybe we got lucky there. Maybe we didn't. Angela just consistently gets lucky 100% of the time that she picks these places out. So I'm starting to not think it's that much based on luck. So, um, But right, all that information is there. It's available if you pull up like Google Maps and just like find... Here are the points of interest, right? They, like, highlight all of that stuff. Right. And, like, here's, like, the concentration of, like, hotel areas. Well, that's probably where most of the tourists stay. So then you want to stay, like, a couple blocks off from there, right? Right. And then so then you're not, like, in the mix of it, like where everybody's busy or all like the panhandlers are like marketing to or like the people are trying to sell crap at but you're like off and you can go kind of wherever you want to and then you're halfway in between like the the stuff that you want to go see that's the popular stuff that you're there for and like the local stuff that's really cool that people like enjoy on a daily basis right?
0: right and i feel like the other thing there is like with google reviews you can easily be like oh, this place is, like, down a dark alleyway and is super dangerous and I don't want to stay there. Or, like, hey, look, this has, like, 100% good reviews and everyone said it and it was a great location with a lot of cool stuff going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that we usually do when we travel abroad or travel anywhere is find a hotel that, like, helps us with transportation to or from the airport if they don't have good public transportation. So, usually that's just, like, U.S.-based trips because <laughs> everywhere <laughs> in Europe is great. Um and then we also try to find hotels that include breakfast. Uh, I know the place that we stayed in, Paris, like they made us delicious breakfast every morning. And it was like included in our hotel right? Yeah,
1: most of the places we stay not in the united states have fantastic breakfasts like you know here you know when we travel inside the u.s like i want to go out somewhere and like experience a different thing because you don't want
0: frosted flakes and like build your own (laughs) waffles. like stale
1: bananas that have been on the counter at the right any of these like breakfast um continental breakfasts right they're all like the lowest grade possible food that's been sitting around for a week and right, that's it's the cheapest excuse to just like check the box at the hotel that says like we serve breakfast right just so we can take another like 15 out of you know for this day but anywhere in europe that we stayed either it was like a bed and breakfast type deal and it was like connected or affiliated with somebody that owned the b&b also owned a restaurant and we'd like go there and like they made us food or the place in the hotel was like this small little thing um you know a small little place or even some of the bigger places make like curated breakfasts with like salmon and like uh you know breads and cheeses and different kinds of like good meats and stuff that they put out and lots of fruit and it's like this like really really good breakfast um But And and that's something that we would get even if we went out to eat anyway there in those areas. Right,
0: and they usually always have a cappuccino maker. Yeah. So then I'm happy because I get my cappuccino included. And then we, like, eat enough that usually, like, we can get by with, like, eating a big breakfast and then eating, like, a, you know, early dinner and we're good. So that's kind of like a bang-bang, I guess, money saver. (laughs) Um, So, and then the other big thing is, like, Even traveling in the US, last year we went to New Orleans and we made a point to not rent a car when we went there because we were like, well, do we really need one? Can we get around other ways? And like, we ended up doing a tour bus that drove us around to a couple areas we wanted to go to, or we took the local public transportation or we walked and like, we got away for much, much cheaper than having to like rent a car and pay for parking and pay for gas and all that stuff that goes into that
1: because right, unless you get like a really savvy deal on renting a car, uh, and you're gone and you're there for like a week or something, right? I mean, that can get really expensive.
0: Yeah, and if your if your auto insurance does not cover car rental, which not everybody's does. Um, then you have to rent like their insurance, which or is, should.
1: or should, <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess you don't have to, but you really should. And then you're like, that just adds, like all of a sudden you're at the register and it's like, you thought you got a good deal. And then they just like add a yeah, hundred dollars to your Yeah, bill. You thought
1: it was like $15 a day. And now it's like $75 a day. Right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then on that note, point number five that Brett has experienced recently is ev- so he travels a lot for work and for a whole week. Even though he has to Uber every single day, twice a day, he finds it cheaper to Uber versus renting a car.
1: Right. And I mean, it depends on the situation, your distance and your area. But like I've found, yeah, for me, it's like $10 cheaper to Uber back and forth to the airport and back and forth from my project site to my hotel every day and it comes out to be like twice in two weeks in a row now it's been like ten dollars cheaper than what my rental car rates were yeah and that was with hertz which is more expensive than the other ones um but that's the preferred vendor for my company so we get like a big deal discount anyway so um
0: yeah so yeah we mentioned last time to like drive less but yeah so even when you go on vacation like if you're flying somewhere crunch the numbers see like well i know i'm gonna have to like uber here here and here but is there stuff that's within walking distance to your hotel you know, or is there public transportation that can take you where you need to go? Um, or if you're going between cities, like, are you going to fly between cities, drive, be- drive between them, take a train or bus, right? Because we've literally done all of those options before. And, you know, I think a lot of times people think, well, I'll just drive. It's like cheaper and easier and more convenient. But you will quickly find out that that is like not always true. And if you like really crunch the numbers, it's, driving does not win out handedly a lot of the time
1: right Right. i mean it gives you more flexibility from going place to place and a lot of times people walk away and say like i i feel like i got a great deal but then you really didn't right you really ended up paying three times more than you would have if you you know ended up taking like the the shuttle or the the bus or sometimes there were free options and you didn't even look it up yeah right
0: or the train and you know like that is my favorite way to travel (laughs) i've said it before but we've gone to europe twice and like every time we take a train anywhere we're like this is the most relaxing stress-free way to travel and like if you can get on an overnight train it's like you don't have to pay for a hotel that night and you're getting to your next location so it's a win-win right and it's like it's the best i don't know if you never traveled by train do it it's my favorite for sure Um, all right, number six, buy secondhand. So we touched on this in episodes in the past, but if you're looking to buy something new, and we've we really noticed this with kitchen appliances, like if you're going to buy a new blender or a new juicer or a new coffee pot, you can probably jump on Craigslist and find the exact one that you want to buy that somebody bought and then decided, oh, hey, I'm never using this, and they just want to offload it.
1: Right. Kitchen appliances are the number one thing to get people for the holidays. And they're the number one thing that go unused for the holidays, even yeah. though they're usually the most appreciated. Too. like, Oh, this thing's really cool. I'm really glad I have this. And then they use it like five times and they, they're like, oh, this takes up too much space. Because right? all kitchen appliances take up a lot of space and people just don't have a lot of room and they need to eventually get rid of stuff. Yeah. So and basically brand new. You can get all away this way with this stuff for like a quarter of the price.
0: I feel like another thing is TVs. Like everyone keeps buying bigger and bigger TVs and then they have their old TVs that are still like flat screen and nice and there's nothing wrong with them. And they're just like, what do I do with this? And, like, you can't even give them away sometimes. I know. You,
1: we had a tough time, like, giving away, like, a 30-inch, like, flat screen TV.
0: We had a tough time giving away a 45-inch flat screen TV. Yeah,
1: if it's, like, not 60, 70 inches, and like, forget it.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so TVs are good to buy secondhand and furniture. Like, I've heard so many secondhand stores saying that, like, they can't even take furniture anymore because they're, like, full to capacity. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you need a dresser or nightstands or tables, like, those are – Things that you can easily go and get secondhand. Um, and you know, we actually did that in college, we pulled our dining room table out of the dumpster and it came with these chairs, but then my roommate just made new cushions for the chairs and like refinished them a little bit. And it looked great. So, Mm -hmm. um, you can definitely like, you know, polish stuff up again and make it your own. So that's a good way to do it. Number seven, kind of on a similar token, if there's something that you really do want, look to see if there's an off-brand version. So my example here is that Yeti brand has been like super popular because they make those tumblers that like nothing melts, right? Mm -hmm. But they're like $30 per tumbler or more. more, And there's a off-brand that you can buy and it's like, well, several actually, like I've seen a lot of them. I've even seen them at the farmer's market now and like they they they're literally the same exact thing. Like they're the same cup, and they're a third of the price.
1: Right. It's come comes from the same warehouse in China or whatever, right? Right. Like it's a, it's an identical product. Yeah. It just doesn't have the Yeti like logo on it.
0: Right. And I feel like that's like very true of a lot of things, like purses, clothes, tumblers, you know, cups, all that stuff. Like you don't have to get a certain brand. So like just shop around, see if you can get the same product. For a cheaper price.
1: And sometimes it's not the same product. Sometimes it's a knockoff, right? We're not talking about
0: knockoffs. Correct. Um, Because, well, we can just jump into number eight. Sure. um, Which is buy it for life mentality. So you pay more for something that will last longer.
1: Right. So that's that's more of our, our mantra of buy the right thing, right? Right. And so the right thing may not be the cheapest thing, may not be the most expensive thing, but it fits the need for you for as long as you need to have it right and most things you want to have for a longer duration adds more value to you
0: yeah so my example here is actually suitcases i feel like that is where it is totally worth putting a little bit more bringing a little bit more money to the table to buy a little bit nicer suitcase versus like buying a cheap suitcase and my reason for this is i remember the first time i bought a suitcase i bought a fifty dollar suitcase and I thought that was a lot of like, it was this big pink suitcase when I was in like seventh grade and I was really excited about it because I like saved my money to get this pink suitcase I wanted. And like as a seventh grader, $50 is a ton of money. And it, even to this day, I don't spend $50 on just anything. The first time I used that suitcase because it was such a cheap fabric, it just ripped like right down the back. Things spilled out of it. Delta was like, there's nothing we can do. Actually, I don't <laughs> know if it was Delta, whatever airline I was flying. And it was like so sad for me, right? And so then, for Christmas that year, my dad got me this like big pink Samsonite suitcase. And like Samsonite is a very expensive suitcase brand. Um, i I haven't even looked into current prices because, I got that suitcase, you know, 15 years ago at this point, and it's still kicking. Brett hates it, but it's like there's nothing wrong with it, right? Like that thing has survived it, it, it everything. Is, it
1: is a tank. Yeah, I mean, it's got a bunch of marks on it, which could be cleaned up, but like TSA has thrown it around. You can see like where they've like really abused the heck out of it, but it is solid. So none of the wheels have broken off. I mean, there's those are still in great condition. Everything rolls. Um, but it's the only reason I don't like it is cause it's like obnoxiously large. Like Angela could physically fit her whole body inside of it.
0: It is a huge suitcase, but like, <laughs> yeah, for, for having a suitcase that long, like nothing has ripped torn. The wheels are still work perfectly. It's like day one, the handle's still great. So like, I feel like that's an example where like, like I remember my grandparents literally had the same suitcases like their entire life. Right. So putting a little bit more money into something like that, especially when you're a big traveler, like when we started going to Europe, we actually bought these, you know, backpacks that we went over there with and we've used those for years now for all sorts of trips. And those things are super durable mm-hmm. versus just like, you know, any old backpack that probably would have ripped by now. Yeah.
1: But if you're going to put the money behind it, right, it's still make sure you buy the right thing for the situation that you're going to be in. Right. right. If you're going to be traveling to Europe, you don't want the biggest suitcase on the market. You don't want to buy the best giant suitcase on the market because then you got to haul that thing around. Right. So you want to make sure that... You're looking up different reviews of people that have traveled in the situations that you're gonna be traveling in. And so, right, for us, that was more of a backpack style. So we ended up getting the best backpack style backpack um, that was made at the time.
0: And now we take those everywhere. Right,
1: and yeah. And I never
0: use my big pink suitcase, so I understand. (laughs) Um, Okay, so number nine, take care of your stuff. So whether you buy the cheapest thing or the most expensive thing, take care of it. So don't just like, And I think the biggest thing here is clothing items. So, like, follow the care instructions. Don't accidentally toss everything into hot water with a red sweatshirt. And then, like, everything you pull out has shrunk and turned red. Oh,
1: yeah. How many sweaters have I had that just, like, turned into, like, they could fit, like, Smurfs? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I've ruined a couple couple pieces of clothing by not following the instructions. But yeah, I just throw everything in the laundry and turn it on normal or whatever. The setting is default. And then uh, hopefully it all turns out, right?
0: Yeah, I feel like if you wash stuff on cold though and you don't use a dryer, you really can't go too far wrong. That's just what I've done my whole life. Like I put everything in together, but I'm like, I'll just put it on cold and I'll hang everything up to dry. And then like my, I mean, I have clothes that I've had since middle school that there's nothing wrong with them. So I don't get rid of them.
1: Right. I mean, and, and you notice the difference, like when you get like a new like sweatshirt or something like that, like the material just feels nice and you're like, oh, this is definitely new. It's like silkier. But after you like have worn that sweatshirt or washed it like, you know, for a couple months, it becomes like very like knotty, I guess, or like the texture becomes a lot rougher than it used to be. Um, or like, like it's all just full of like micro snags kind of like, that's a, that's an example of like the deterioration of the clothes because they were just like in the dryer too many times. Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so your clothes just end up staying a little bit nicer, longer. They don't get stretched out. They don't, right. Um, they just, they just kind of hold together a little bit better. Yeah. And I'm like super guilty of like making my clothes look like crap. But then you you keep wearing wearing them forever. Yeah, I mean, I keep wearing them forever. I just look stupid. If I would have washed them, like if I would have taken like an extra like 10 minutes to like figure out how to wash it correctly in the first place, instead of dumping it all in the washing machine, like I, they'd still look brand new today, right?
0: Yeah. And I feel like another big thing here, so we talked about clothes, uh, is vehicles, right? Like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure or whatever they say, (laughs) Um, Like if you take your car in for regular oil changes and, you know, tire rotations like that, just taking care of a vehicle and maintaining it over time, you will avoid like everything blowing up. And my example here is um, we actually knew somebody who literally never got an oil change for the entire time she owned her car. And so the car was only at like 30,000 miles, but it never had an oil change. So everything just like seized up. And I was actually driving it at the time, and every single like light turned on. So it's like, it lit up like a Christmas tree. Maybe it had more miles than that. I don't really remember. But- I, I
1: think it made it all the way to, like, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 45, to 60,000 before, like, the engine just completely, like, seized up completely. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it even made it that far. Right, if like that what what a crazy use case of like what happens to a car if you've never done an oil change right I'm sure somebody out there has like tested that theory but this was just somebody completely negligent right um
0: so like just do the maintenance like and I'm not always great about like oh it's you know because we use synthetic oil so they say like five thousand miles like I'm not like in there at like five thousand exactly there's times that I'm like Okay, it's, we're at like 5,500. I really need to get over there or whatever. Like, you know, just do your best. But, like, and then when, you know, if you, I think the big thing here is like find a mechanic that you trust and not a place that like just sells you. A bunch of crap right because i think that's a horror story you go to like a valvoline and you're like i just want an oil change and then they're like oh do you need your like fluids changed and you're like oh maybe i do and then they like rip you off and they just change your windshield wiper fluid and charge you 50 bucks
1: well even you know, that. Right? i mean i went i went to let's say a, a valvoline oil type place before and they charged me, like, four or five times what I would have paid going to any other place. Like, another, that's another way to shop around at. Like right. I was getting the same oil either way, right? Because like, Valvoline oil and mobile oil or whatever the different varieties of oil are, scientifically proven that there's, like, basically absolutely no difference between those products. Right. right. Every, every test has always come back as, like, there's no, there's no significant difference between those, um, regardless of what additives they put in the oil. And so whatever, right? Go with the one that's the cheapest of the time and then great. Um, but you need to go to somebody that is, like, flexible on what oil they use then, right? Right. Or, or buy your own oil and, like, take it to somebody that will, like, just do the oil change for you. like
0: a Or mechanic. learn how to do your own oil changes because yeah. it's yeah, really we've easy. Yeah, we talked about
1: that before. Like, we did our own oil changes before, and, right, that turned out great. Like, so yeah. we bought the, bought the oil on super sale, and, right, it was, like, a third of the price of what it normally is or something. Right. And the parts to be able to do it are, like, less than, like... $15 for, to get everything, and then you can do oil changes forever, right? Yeah. Um, uh,
0: but the other thing we did was we found a really reputable mechanic and we would just take our car to him and be like, you know, does anything need to be, you know, maintained or sw- swapped out? And, like, there were times that we took it to him and he was like, no, everything looks good. And then times that he was like, oh, the brake pads are really wearing down, like, you should replace those. But because we, like, trusted him, we were like, yeah, you know, if it needs to be done, we want to take care of it. But So it's a fine line. You gotta, like, know where you're going and that's again where like google reviews is amazing because you can like
1: or word of mouth in that case right like you find somebody that like finds like a great guy and they give her a good referral i mean i went to that guy like four or five times and two of those times he didn't even charge me for stuff that they actually did they like repaired like a nail on my tire and like a slow leak in my tire like another time because something was like wearing incorrectly so they fixed that problem and they fixed the leak and like they're just like See you later, right? They just yeah. sent me on my way. And I was like, what do you mean I don't need to pay you? Well, yeah. I mean, it's just find, like, good quality people that are, like, trying to end it to do it. Right? They're not, they're not making a killing on that anyway. What are they, What were they going to make? Like, 10 bucks off of that anyway? But, you know, I keep coming back because it's such good service, right? right. So that's and you the tell
0: kind of, everyone to go there. Yeah,
1: that's the kind of people you want to find, and that's the kind of people you want to work with in every business model.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so we're on to our last one already, which is to kind of a complete 180, um, but to share subscription services. So if you have Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime, you don't have to like have that to yourself. You can easily just pay for it with somebody else, share the access. I mean, with Netflix, usually you get, you know, one device by default, but you can go up to like two devices or four devices, but even one, like, You know, if you're sharing with one other person, how often are you guys going to be wanting to watch stuff at the same time?
1: Right. I mean, try it first, and if it doesn't work, I would be surprised, right? Right. Um, But, right, most people are, like, not doing things at the exact same time. They're like unless you're watching it, unless both people are watching it every day and that's all they do, right? Right. Then it's a good use case to to expand the plan, right, and pay a little bit more for the larger plan where you can stream more devices at a time. Still not as expensive as buying two whole plans for two individuals. Right. Um, And I know they say, like, oh, we don't want you to share it. Like HBO is like, oh, my gosh, we're going to crack down at some point on people sharing accounts. They're not doing that. They've still never done that. They're probably not going to do that. Like, how would they ever police that? Right. right?
0: Well, and I know with Prime, <clears throat> we started sharing accounts a couple of years ago. And we, like, still have our own accounts. Like, I log in and it's, like, the same Amazon account I've always used. But I'm just on your plan. And the only difference is that because I'm not the primary holder, I can't watch, like, videos off of my accounts. So I have to, like, log into your account to watch the Amazon Prime videos. But I still get the free shipping and everything.
1: Right. So, I mean use that account dedicate what that account is to that thing if you're going to share your password make sure it's a password with somebody that you don't like epically trust like literally a spouse i wouldn't even share your password normally with your girlfriend there's a lot of reasons to not do that um but right just share a shared password make it whatever who cares if like you guys break up and that account gets like compromised in some way because whatever just trash it um and then right and then go from there but you should never pay for a prime amazon prime in the same household because you can just share amazon prime right. with everybody in the household with all the different accounts um you just like associate them with the main account and then uh yeah netflix definitely share with as many people as you can uh all the hulu Crunchyroll, like whatever right whatever you want um and yeah, Amazon Video, uh, like, yeah, if you wanted to download videos on your phone, you would just log into the app on your phone with the primary account, username, password, and whatever.
0: Right? Yep. So then the other thing I want to say there is if you're not sharing accounts, because I understand that, you know, maybe, maybe you tried it and it didn't work for you, or, you know, maybe you're like, well, I have four people in my household, you know, I know we have some... People that listen that have families, so it's you know the two adults and two kids or three kids, whatever it may be, and like at that point it's probably a lot harder to try to share with somebody, right? Because somebody is always watching something as it is. Um, turn it. You can actually really easily put these accounts on pause. So like if you're like, yeah, me and the whole family are, we're gonna go on a two week vacation. There's no reason to pay for those two weeks. So turn it off and turn it back on when you get home.
1: Right. Yeah, you can turn it on. Well, Netflix, I think, charges you for the month at a time. Right. Um, But like your internet, right? Your internet provider definitely that stuff you can turn on and off at any time.
0: Yeah. And I think with Netflix, my bigger example is probably um, if you're paying for Netflix and Hulu at the same time, are you really using them both in the same month or could you turn on Netflix for, you know, January and then you turn on Hulu for February or whatever? Right.
1: And Um, and I know there's uh, one of the guys I talked with at work one time. He's got a family with like eight kids and they pay like $400 a month for their entertainment bill right basically for uh what they pay for for all the streaming services they have netflix hulu amazon prime and something else they also download a whole bunch of movies off of uh comcast like tv like clicking thing like you can just download like new releases right off of their their internal service part of the cable and they have cable in like every room of the house right so that's a ton of media to consume, right? Can you trim that back a little bit? Like, less TVs, or do, does the one kid, like, never watch the TV in his room, and he's always watching Netflix? Or, um, right, Are you, do you share those plans correctly? Do you only need to have Netflix one week or one month, and then Hulu another month, and then they share different shows and different services? Because I know the reason that we turned everything off for us was because there was basically too much good stuff to watch. And it doesn't matter, like... We can't use as many services as are out there at the same time. It's impossible. Like I don't need to watch this specific show on Hulu um, because there's, like, 12 other shows that I definitely also want to watch on Netflix. So, like, whatever, right? Like, okay. And if you, like, if everybody in your social circle is watching that one thing, then get somebody else's password and just watch that one show yeah. and like whatever, right? Um, um, but right, so we turned off Netflix because we're like, okay, we could literally sit here all the time and just watch shows nonstop and never be able to catch up with all the good stuff that right. is out here.
0: And instead we want to, you know, go outside or be productive or read more. Um, and the other point I want to make about subscription services is, did you know that if you belong to your local library, there's a whole slew of subscription services you can actually look into for free?
1: Oh, yeah, I saw they, they sent us an email the other day that said, like, here's all the stuff that comes with your library card. And, like, half of them were, like, audio and, like, um, video, video streaming services. And, like, yeah. here, just, like, here's all this stuff for free. Go check out, like, these new releases that come out on this, like, thing. And all these movies in the catalog that are available here. And you never see that because it's never advertised and pretty much not used by most people. Because who have you talked to lately that, like, has used their library card?
0: right? (laughs) I actually, so I'm part of a book club and uh, a lot of my friends are kind of nerdy. So most people I know, uh, and I shouldn't say nerdy, but I'm a self-proclaimed nerd. So I think it's okay. But most of my friends use their library cards. In fact, I like, you know, still Snapchat people and I'm like, I'm reading this book. What are you reading? Um, So, you know, I have my own. So I guess my social circle talks about books, which is really good for me because I don't consume a lot of TV shows. So whenever people are like, have you watched the latest episode of this? My answer is almost always know. And then I'm like, oh, great. I'm like that weird kid in the corner that just reads. But at least like I have my tribe of people who I can talk to about books. So it's okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I actually have pushed that message out to a lot of my friends who do use their library. And even people I knew who go to the library regularly to check out books did not know about these subscription services. And most libraries nationwide are partnered with these services. So Um, And I don't necessarily want to get into names. I mean, I know probably one of the most common ones is Hoopla. And then I think there's like something watch. Um, But I know there's a ton nationwide. So if you go to your library's website, they'll actually probably have more information for you on which ones they partner with.
1: But yeah, either way, check it out. Like, go get a free library card. Go get access to these free movies. And if, like, half the stuff that you're watching anyway is already on there. I mean, like, Game of Thrones isn't going to be there. And, like, you know, all the Marvel stuff. And
0: from, Orange is the New Black, right? right like, like any all the Netflix, Netflix original is not there. But. Um, but there might be, or maybe there's some, you know, good shows that you haven't even, like, heard of or thought about watching that are on there that are cataloged. So, you know, check it out and see. And we watch a lot of, like, movies or documentaries on it is what we've primarily used it for. So it's a good good use for that. And, you know, I, I think the other big thing is we there's so much on YouTube as well, which is a completely free platform. Well, it's not completely free now, right? There's, like, things that you have there's, to pay there, for. There
1: is a premium service. Um, the YouTube Red is what they considered their, like, uh, premium pay paywall, um, where they were creating their own content and putting it behind it. Um, as of, I think, early 2019, uh, if not second quarter 2019, that will all be free. Um, they're taking down that paywall completely. Oh, wow. And so they're they're making it like a they're going to be, it's just going to be ad-based um, content. For awesome. The, for, for everything that has been behind that you, YouTube Red paywall, all of that will come down, and you'll be able to watch it all uh, for free at this point.
0: Sweet. All right. So, yeah, tons of free ways to consume media. Try it out. See if you can cancel one subscription membership or share it with somebody and see how that goes for you. because. At this point, we've literally cut everything except Prime, which we we're cutting in a month, and <laughs> then we're that's it, right? There's...
1: Yeah, we're, we we started bleeding quite profusely with the monthly budget of like here's all these different services that are now available and want you to pay like on recurring basis for all this stuff, right? This video as a service and um, package delivery as a service and all this junk, right? So we that'll be the last uh, the last piece to turn off, and then we'll go back to how things were like five years ago when we didn't have all these monthly yeah fees.
0: well you know it's crazy because they get you because you're like well netflix is only ten dollars a month and hulu is only ten dollars a month or, and amazon is that price right and spotify and like everything is that price and when you think about it as one you're like that's not that bad but then before you know it you're literally at like 40 to 80 dollars a month for all this different stuff and then you're like what the heck am I doing?
1: Well, so. like Netflix was like an okay value at like $7 a month when it was like back in the day. And it came with the DVD rentals and the video streaming service. And now it's like over 12 or something like that. It's like eleven ninety nine Every year they increase it another dollar. And that's why I got to the point where I was just like, forget it. It's not worth this dollar amount to me per month. It's not worth another $12 a year. You'd be happier with the dollar? Paying. Absolutely. Every month. Well, that's about.
0: two burgers a year. Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, All right, one,
1: well one well. other item. So with with the YouTube comment There's a lot of stuff that ends up on YouTube when there's, like, a new release of things. Um, So you can usually find, like, TV shows or, like, old episodes of things. I know, like, I think, like, all of the episodes of The Office are out on YouTube somewhere. They do a really, really bad job of policing um, the stuff that's not supposed to be on YouTube for copyright infringement. Um, They take down a lot of the YouTubers, like, original content, uh, flag that as copyright infringement, and that gets blown away, and there's a lot of problems with that. But the actual TV shows and stuff that float out on the network, and there's, like, whole channels just full of, like, all of these episodes of stuff, that's all out there. But we don't
0: really condone watching it.
1: Yeah. Wink. Wink, yeah. But, I mean, like, you can find, like... (laughs) Like, I I know there's, like, if you want to watch every South Park episode, including the new releases, there's a whole website dedicated to that. You can just go pull the stuff up. And I know there's the same thing for, like, Rick and Morty. And that was all on YouTube at one point. And, like, yeah, The Office is all out on YouTube, I think, right now. And a couple other shows. They're just, like, floating out there. Just full episodes of stuff. So if you want to see, like, the latest episode of something or, like, past episodes of something and just, like, are looking to browse on something or just, like, looking to, like, look back at something you've seen before or catch up on something that people have talked about about for years that you missed out on like go just check and see if it's out there right
0: yeah all right well we again made a super long episode because we love to talk about saving money so i won't do a recap because i think everybody kind of picked up what we were laying down already but i will say that the next episode will actually be us breaking down our 2018 annual spending which we got actually really good reviews last year when we did that for 2017 Um, i think people liked kind of seeing what we spent and you know, compared it to their own budget. I know we had one listener say that like they went through with a pen and paper and were like taking notes while we were talking about (laughs) our budget. So um, that's fun for me to hear. So we'll go ahead and do that again next week. And, you know, Happy New Year to everybody listening. I hope you have, you know, set your goals. I know we're in the second week when this is being released, but, you know, set your goals and, you know, save a lot of money in 2019. That's what we're trying to do over here.
1: Right. Yeah, push it see what happens.
0: And you have no reason not to because now we gave you 20 ways to save money. <laughs> All right, thanks. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Money in the Bank. Make sure to subscribe to us on the iTunes or Stitcher app so that you get weekly alerts every time we post a podcast. Or if you want, you can visit my website money in the And if you want to reach out with any questions or further comments, please email me at Angie at Money in the Bank I look forward to hearing from you. Money in the Bank